Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Stare Down. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate podcast that we do amongst friends. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, talking to my good buddies, Bill Risser down in St. Petersburg, Florida, and Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia. Let's start with you, Bill. How are you tonight? Doing great. Enjoying a Sunday night, watching a little bit of the uh, team event figure skating, which I didn't know existed until this year. Uh, we can talk about that later. And I played some golf today. It was 84 degrees. Uh, and slightly humid here in St. Petersburg. Um, Todd, how was it up in Atlanta? Rain, 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 <laughs> rain, 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 rain. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Temperature's not so bad. Just in uh, the forecast, the next seven days, just cloud, rain, rain. So um, what's the worst part of winter? Sean might argue cold, but to me, it's gray skies all, all day long. The combo of the, the gray skies and the, and the cold make it for a tough, tough go. But I was lucky enough to watch beautiful weather on TV, which I'm sure we'll talk about out in California. Uh, it was yeah. a it was a great week of golf. Actually, looks like yeah. one of the best places on earth, doesn't it? Yeah, Gary, Gary McCord. I've been there, and, and Bill, I think you have too. It's uh, it truly is uh, unbelievable how how pretty it is. I mean, everywhere you look, the houses, the the roads, the I mean, everything. The, the views, obviously. Um, and and Gary McCord mentioned on the air, it's it was really one of the first weeks that they had perfect weather the entire week. No, no overcast and no winds and no, no smoke. And uh, so we'll, we'll hit on that, but guys, it's, it's been a while since we've been on a Sunday night. Uh, we've, we've done a lot of early episodes during the playoffs. Um, we were early last week because of the Super Bowl. So let's talk about Super Bowl 52, Minneapolis, Minnesota uh, turned out to be a heck of a game. If you weren't uh, from Minneapolis or weren't from new England or Philadelphia, it was one of those games you hoped for. Uh, came down to the last possession, technically. Um, it was it was offensive. There were some good defensive plays. There was some uh, trick plays. There mm. was some uh, I don't want to say controversy, but there was some controversy on what is a catch, which has been kind of the running theme the last year. And it turns out that the two catches were catches when all through the season they haven't been catches. So let's just let's just get your your thoughts, uh, Bill. We'll start with you. Uh, you you were hoping for a Philadelphia victory. You got it. Um, it was a Philadelphia victory, 41-33. But like I said, it came down to the last Hail Mary. Uh, would have needed a two-point conversion to follow it up. But at that point in time, I don't think anyone would have doubted um, it happening. Um, but a, a pretty fun Super Bowl, um, all in all, with Nick Foles walking away as your MVP. A uh, heck of a game by him. And Tom Brady, a record-setting uh, game in the loss with over 500 yards passing. Um, I believe the game had the most yardage of any playoff game ever. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your thoughts on, on Super Bowl 52, Bill? Well, you, you said a lot there, and I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I, I agree with all of it. It's fun. The right team won for mm-hmm. everyone except people that live in Boston or New England. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and you had everything you wanted. Even Brady getting the ball with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter, just thinking, here we go. This Twice. They left way too much time. Well, he got it the first time with two minutes, and he figured he's going to score. He's going to drive down the field. 
And all they needed, you know, they'd have been up by three. They were only trailing by five at that point. Right. And so you're thinking, oh, they're going to take the lead with a touchdown. Can I'm already in my mind figuring out, can the Eagles get a field goal to tie the game? But, you know, Brady, um, you know, a, a great move on an inside pass rush. The ball's batted away. And and it, you'd like to think the game's over at that point. But, but of course, <laughs> of course, the Eagles can't get one first down to end the game. They've got to keep it going. And, uh, but then, you know, their, their rookie kicker just drills a long field goal to make it an eight-point game. Brady gets the ball back. No timeouts. Um, 93 yards to go, something like that. And just wasn't able to get it done. Got, got close and, and got, had a ball in the end zone that could have been, you know, just one bounce away. By the way, I really like the fact that they never, even on my teams, they should never call pass interference on a Hail Mary. Uh, I know people were complaining about that, but that, that's just not the case, right? I mean, everyone's going up for the ball. Nobody's tackling other people. They're all trying to get a hand on the ball. So, I, I, Todd, amazing, right? It was fun. I mean, what, what a great game. What a great game. And, Bill, I, I haven't been listening to many of our stare downs, so I'm just out of the habit. I listened to the very beginning of last week's, and you, you nailed it. You, know, you won a close game with Philadelphia winning in the end. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I chuckled because, Sean, you, you and I, uh, we, we need to, to, to bow down to Bill as far as the picks. Seems like we get most of them wrong and he gets most of them right. But what, what a great game. Um, <clears throat> where, where do you begin? Uh, I'm not a huge Philly guy, um, but that said – it was the nat- natural choice to root for them because just because, you know, New England's won five Super Bowls. They're, they're going for to tie Pittsburgh with six. Um, for some reason, Brady seems kind of really fun to, to root against, even though he seems like he does all the right things. But it's, it's kind of in vogue to, uh, to kind of jump on it uh, and pile on him. Um, but Nick Foles, I mean, backup quarterback, um, kind of an afterthought. Um, boy, he, he managed the game well, and it makes me think that that system in Philly and the coaching staff and the, the surrounding talent is really good, and Carson Wentz did an w- absolutely wonderful job, but Nick Foles just came in. It looked like he stepped in and, and really uh, uh, did well. So happy for the Philly fans, even though um, traditionally they seem to be pretty, uh, pretty rowdy, but I guess all, all fans are rowdy. But, uh, yeah, what a great game, Sean. You know, Nick Foles was it was it was one of those games that if you truly were just um, if you hadn't watched any of the um, games up until that point, and you just were strictly watching Nick Foles' game, uh, you could just see the confidence meter growing every single play. And he wasn't they they didn't come out with a bunch of uh, you know in the Minnesota game they threw a lot of um, uh, screen passes mm-hmm. uh, they they did throw some screen passes but he, man he he found open receivers when he needed them. I mean. They they only punted one time. There was only one punt in the entire game, uh, and that was the uh, Eagles punting. Yeah, uh, on, on the only the one and only three and out they had. But he made some really impressive, um, you know, some impressive throws. Uh, there were some good catches. Uh, the the one interception was was really uh, if Alshon Jeffrey wouldn't have kind of tried to tip it to himself, it, it would have gone. You know, it would have fallen out of bounds and. Uh, you know, then they would have punted on that play anyway. It was third down, I believe. But um, you know, Nick Foles, pretty solid game, and he caught the caught the you know the the fourth down. Yeah, kind of the trick play. Um, I think you Philly, Philly, right? You, you, you know, you saw it happening as it was going as he went up to the line and then sort of stood there, and then the direct snap, the the pass or the you know the, the pitch to Trey Burton, a Gator, uh, who he made a good pass. You know, Bill, I don't know if you know this, Trey Burton, who played Florida. 
played uh, receiver at Florida, but also played a year at quarterback, uh, had six touchdowns in one game. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, he looks a lot bigger now, doesn't he, Sean? What's that? He looks a lot bigger now, doesn't he? He does look a lot bigger oh my now. God. Yeah, I mean, a ton bigger. Yeah, he threw a nice, uh, a nice touch pass, but, but you got to give Peterson all the props there for I mean, yeah. one. And, and to, to call that play, because if that fails, oh, you know, just you can't even imagine the heartache. I heard Travis Kelsey on a, a, a talk show this week talking about that play, uh, the center, right, for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Jason Kelsey. I'm sorry, Jason Kelsey, Travis's yeah, brother. Travis is the receiver uh, for yeah, the Jason Kelsey. Dad. And uh, he, he said that they, he was not even expecting that play to come in, but when it did, everyone in the huddle was like, this is it, we got this. Because they knew the, that the Patriots would oversell. They had to. You had to, you know, sure. assume it was, they were going to rush, you know, to the, um, um, their right side, thinking it was going to be a running play wide. Um, but they just knew it was going to work. I mean, that's great. You have that confidence. That means everyone's going to make, you know, do the thing they've got to do to make sure that uh, enough time is there for Burton to make that toss. And, and even just watching the replay over and over, Foles sold it. He just stood there, stood there, stood there, like, like yeah, and then just took off and uh, there was no way he was not going to be open. <laughs> it's like in Hoosiers, right? Don't get caught watching the paint dry. Exactly. Uh, and he, and he waited, he waited just long enough. And then Jimmy yep. Chitwood, Jimmy Chitwood got on the ball. And then on the other side, you know, Brady gets a lot of uh, flack for, for missing the, the catch. I, I, I do think Amendola threw it a second too early. Yeah. I mean, he gosh, he alligator. Well, he did, he did. And he's <laughs> let's, 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 let's admit in his, all his years in, in the NFL, he's just not, he doesn't go off for passes a lot. No. So you get out there, you probably are thinking you're going to get drilled, you know, on a hit. He, he clearly is looking all the 40 years old on his rollouts. Um, even at the end of the game when he was uh, – at the end of the half when he was trying to get a few extra yards and he, he kind of rolled out of the pocket and looked like he was going to try and get a first down and realized he was going to get tackled. So he went for the sideline and it just – he couldn't – It's it, it truly is like when you're being chased in your dreams and you can't run fast enough. He yeah. was just so slow. Well, he's never right. been a speed demon, no, even when he was 25, no. you know, no. uh, 30. You, but. You get chased in your dreams, Sean? <laughs> All the time, man. Yeah. But, you know, the uh, – nice. We, the need, thing, we, need, we need an episode on that. Yeah. When you, when you look at – What's look like? If you look at just, uh, if you look at just Brady's effort, 505 yards, I believe. Yeah. Um, he – the way he finds receivers and the way his receivers know where to go to get open. Mm-hmm. But some of the passes that he threw to Gronkowski, the, the, the ability of Gronk, as big as he is, to get down and get the ball low, get up and get the ball high – uh, the catch in the corner of the end zone was unbelievable. Um, it, you yeah. know, um, it was just impressive to watch. And, and, and then Foles on the other side, you know, was, was really doing the same thing. Uh, both the national championship game between Alabama and Georgia and the Super Bowl, both games started with the, with the kind of the overall story of the defenses are going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had uh, 49 points in the, uh, championship game in, in college football and we had what uh 74 mm-hmm. in the in the super bowl uh, both blowing away the overs um yeah so maybe that's the that's the ticket is you know d- they say defense wins championships but the last nine super bowls have been won by offenses you know and i'll just reiterate what we said earlier not having a dog in the fight makes it so much more fun because <laughs> yeah. there, there's going to be no pain really afterwards, you know. And, and you know what? I got to give you guys props. We we had a nice little uh, text thread going throughout the game. Um, we weren't nonstop, but we kind of had it going on big plays and big moments. Um, I didn't get on Twitter one time during the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. not, not one time, because I was just kind of engaged with the game. Uh, and then when you guys would text me, I would kind of check it, but I I wasn't really distracted because the um, the activity of the games really had me going. 
Yeah. So, well, speaking of Twitter, Sean, have you guys, either one of you seen the feed of um, the Eagles calling the trick play? Yes. With Nick Foles actually uh, called that play. It um, almost like was a question mark, like four. You know, like yeah. he just kind of threw it out. Like, how about Philly? You know, like Peterson came over. He's like, all right, I'm, you know, fourth down. We're definitely going for it. And he's kind of silent for a couple seconds. And as you said, Nick Foles is, you know, Philly or Philly, Philly. I forgot what it was. <laughs> wow. And uh, you, you saw Peterson. He looked, he, he paused for like a second. He goes, yes, let's do it. Philly, 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 whatever the play name. Right. So Foles actually called that play. Um, and Sean, you learned, alluded to it earlier, the one punt. If you would have, uh, his sports is so beautifully strange if, if you would have before the game said Tom Brady's going to pass for 505 yards and they're not going to punt the ball once yeah how many mortgage payments you would you bet that the Patriots <laughs> would win right yeah I mean it's unbelievable his stat line they didn't punt whole game um the the, the field goal kickers are three missed kicks right if I if I remember correctly uh two missed extra points and a missed early early on but uh, wow what a, what a stat line Brady had um, and and no interceptions. You know he had the he had the yeah. the, the, the the strip fumble. Uh, yeah. Brandon Brandon Jennings player. Brandon yeah. Jennings I think uh, yeah. re- recovered it. Um, you know exciting. I'll be in Philly this week. Uh, I was supposed to be there last week. It got postponed yeah. because of the uh, parade parade and and everything like that, which is kind of probably better. You know, but it, you know it was an exciting for them, and um, we'll see we'll see how they how they do. Uh, so let's let's kind of close the books on the 2017-2018 football season, guys. What look just looking ahead based on kind of what you know and uh, what we've seen in the past. You know, look, I, I think people need to pump the brakes on saying Philly's a dynasty. They're they're built for a dynasty. They said that about Seattle. They said that about a lot of teams. Um, you know, do I think New England will be back in the playoffs? Well, looking at the AFC East, I don't see why they wouldn't be if Tom Brady comes back healthy. Um, and that's a big if. He's forty, you know, and he's 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 had a pretty good ride. He might wake up one day and just decide he wants to retire. But but what would you what would you be looking at next year, just based on what you know going before any free agency, before draft or anything like that? What do you? Uh, a couple things for me. One, it was interesting that Gronk, you know, opened up that whole can of worms about is he coming back or not. This is a guy who's been this. He has been his body has just been destroyed by the game, and and he could do a lot of other things. There's even now there's some talk out of Hollywood. Somebody said we can get you an action movie star, whatever. That was the answer. No Gronk coming back. That that's a tough replacement um, for Brady. So that would be interesting. Second, as much as I hate to say this, I think both teams in LA are going to be in the playoffs next year. Mm. I think I think they're uh, that Phillips going to have one last run with the Chargers and boy, Goff at the Rams and, and Gurley yeah. they look great. So yeah, they do. Oh, I think that's going to be that's you know LA is going to have some fun stuff to root for, which sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and really, I guess if you look at who else is in that that NFC West, I mean, Garoppolo probably or Garoppolo is probably a, a, maybe Jeanine, still a year away. Janine, Janine um, Garoppolo, <laughs> Seattle, unsure, unsure what's going to happen with them. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, with a lot of um, a lot of their defense, you know, kind of injured or getting old. Um, By the way, Garoppolo, one hundred thirty-seven and a half million dollars or one twenty-seven, really for five years? Is that is something really wrong there? Yeah. Okay, uh, just checking. I, I, I don't know, but uh, Belichick was livid that they uh, <laughs> that they traded him. Yeah. Um, I think they did that to appease Brady a little bit, and I'm sure Belichick saying what kind of Sean you've alluded to. Brady's 40 years old, and we're tr- we're trading a, a number one um, or you know 
released him. I don't know exactly what they did. Oh, Kraft and Brady. Kraft, Kraft, Kraft's a Brady guy, I think, before he's a Belichick guy. I think that's what it's Yeah, like. I'll be interested to see with Cleveland having two early picks in the draft if they if, if somehow New England finds a way to to grab one of those and gets a Darnold or a, a you know a Rosen or yeah. something like that. Um, bring in you know a lot, a lot of talk saying the Browns are going to draft two quarterbacks with the top five picks and just and just ride with one of you know one of the two of them um it'd be it'd be a, a huge a huge wow. throw of, of the bone so to speak but um I don't know it'll be interesting to see we we saw that uh Alex uh Smith yeah. went to the Redskins, Redskins. um so Kirk which, Cousins maybe headed to the Jets is that what I'm hearing I heard Jets uh, and I heard the Cardinals. um the Cardinals yeah, and then you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens up in uh, up in Minnesota. You know, do they go all in with with Case Keenum, or is Teddy Bridgewater going to come back? And uh, is Teddy Bridgewater going to be a trade trade bait? Uh, Drew Brees is going to be back for one more year. How about how about Foles and Wentz? Yeah, hmm. right? but I, but you keep hearing that you add their salaries together, there are still like twelve other starters making more than the two. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> so just keep them both, right? Yeah, why not? Wow. Hey, don't yeah. sleep on the uh, don't sleep on the Falcon, Sean. Uh, Super oh, yeah. We'll be in Atlanta next year. And um, gosh, still sunburnt from Super Bowl Fifty One. But when Brady got the ball, I was like, he he's only eight points down. Here we go again, right? Here it comes. Yeah. yeah. So and, and mentioning Kraft as a Brady guy, I'll I'll, I'll cross sports here. Um, it took the Celtics years to recover because they were so loyal to Mikhail Parrish and Bird. Yeah. I mean, literally, it took yeah. them ten years to recover. Um, where normal, I guess, normal GMs probably would have traded or, you know, they kept all three of those guys to the bitter end. So, again, getting rid of uh, Janine Garofalo is, is – um, and may come back to haunt him, right? It, yeah, it sure might. And so, obviously, the draft will come up in a couple months, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there with the, the movers and shakers. There's probably one star who will do something stupid uh, with drugs or, or with um, uh, um, domestic abuse or something. Uh, something we see in, in today's society. Hopefully not. Hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully we, we have a good clean draft and uh, we move on. But um, NFL goes to bed for a little bit and we turn our attention now to really uh, dealer's choice, right? Because hockey is in full swing. NBA basketball is in full swing. Uh, just a couple updates. Um, NBA, let's start with NHL because um, just, just hit on the, the, the division leaders. Tampa Bay is ahead of Boston. Oh, I see your hat there, Bill. Uh, Washington Capitals ahead of Pittsburgh in the Metropolitan. Uh, boy, my, my Blue Jackets just uh, – they, they are now out of the playoff picture right now. Remember, they were uh, leading the Metropolitan. Um, yeah. And now they are – they had a big win yesterday, 6 nothing win uh, over um, New Jersey. But, boy, they, they've got to figure something out. They're going to be out of the playoffs and on a huge – uh, disappointment year over in the West Nashville leads Winnipeg. Uh, there's a team you don't see a lot. Winnipeg jets um, wow. in, in second place. And then Vegas, a uh, 10, a 10 point lead over San Jose. So, um, you know, barring something crazy, they will be in a good position uh, in the, in the playoffs to, to have home ice. Uh, and that, that could be a, that could be crazy if the Stanley cup uh, finals gets to Vegas. Oh. That, that could be, wow. that could be crazy. Um, Anything in the NHL? Have you guys seen anything? Any of any news of sort? No, Vinny Vinny Le Cavalier. Do you know that name? Yeah, Le Cavalier. Yeah, Le Cavalier. Retired, retired his jersey. Yeah, I want to say that again. Vinny Le Cavalier. Yeah, he had his jersey retired last night. 
I, yeah. I didn't know who he was, Sean, but now that I'm in really? Tampa Bay, yeah. I, oh, incredible player, yeah. <laughs> and his, did you see the highlights? His daughter was going crazy on the ice. She, she was super excited when, the, when right. this shirt came up out of the ice, yeah. He's a local, he's a local here, so he coaches youth hockey and brand. Sure, he, sure. Well, he stuck around in the area, so he's uh, well-loved. So that yeah. was cool. And, and, you know, helped, helped, that, helped him win the Stanley Cup, yeah. Part, yeah, part of that team with Marty St. Louis and all those other guys, so – Yep. Good, good deal. Yep. Uh, over in the NBA, um, trade deadline was last week. Um, the Cavs, I think, thought that meant they had to trade everyone on their team. Um, <laughs> the Cavs got rid of 80% of their roster, including um, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, they, they got rid of Isaiah Thomas. They yeah, took like nine games for him, right? Something yeah, like yeah. Isaiah Thomas actually had um, more points in the first quarter with the Lakers in his first game than he had in any quarter with the Cavs ever. Oh, boy. Um, he scored 26, I believe, yesterday. Um, you know, that, that LeBron shadows is big. Um, we see Kyrie, you know, having a good time in Boston under, without it. Um, be interesting to see what happens. Toronto right now is quietly leading the East, you know. Uh, wow. Boston had some struggles. Uh, they're, after today's loss, they're half a game back of Toronto. Uh, Cleveland six games back. And so we're going to see. Uh, this was big win today for them at Boston. Uh, but they're six games back uh, right now. If the playoffs started, they play against the uh, Pacers um, in, in a series. Um, but you know they'd be they'd be then in a spot to to have to play Boston in the, in the semifinals. So um, probably not where they want to be because um, Boston I think matches up well, especially if Gordon Hayward comes back. But they uh, handled them well today, right? They, they did. Yeah. They did. Yeah, and that's a you know once again that's going to be a. Probably the next couple of weeks, that, that young team with Larry Nance Jr. Um, mm. coming in and kind of filling in um, the spots. You know, remember uh, um, uh, Kevin Love still out with an injured hand. Um, so is that is that good or bad? <laughs> he's out and they're and they're winning. Or yeah, uh, well, well, they won one game with this new young team. I mean, I um, how many of those guys? that you saw come back in the trade, were you super impressed with right away? Like, yep, 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 yep. Or were you kind of more like, really? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, getting rid of Tristan Thomas and, you know, and then you, you know, none of them, none of them are all-stars, so to speak. Uh, right. A lot of young, a lot of young guys, um, you know, but, th- but they're really opening up a lot of cap room um, because if, if LeBron leaves, I, you know, Cleveland goes when, into the ten- when, when, LeBron- when LeBron leaves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of talk now with the Lakers getting rid of Nance jr. And, and, sort of getting rid of some of the salaries they lost. Um, they opened up 70 million in cap room, whatever that means. Um, so Paul George and, and LeBron would easily fit in that, in that number. Yeah. Weren't the, weren't the Clippers getting rid of uh, Blake? Was that part of the conspiracy theory that they're. Well, I think there's all kinds of them out there. Yeah. I mean, everybody's positioning themselves for next year, right. And yeah. anyone that can. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. And then word that, you know, um, what's the name of the guy that owns the, uh, the Cavs, um, Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert, yeah, yeah. or that he, he might sell. Um, so who knows? It's um, interesting to see what happens over in the West, Golden State, back where they uh, kind of thought they'd be. Uh, they're one game up over Houston uh, and then eight and a half up over San Antonio. So it really is um, going to come down to that. Interesting that you're seeing a lot of technical fouls out of not just Draymond Green, but Kevin Durant. Um, and it's kind of and, – and, and Steve – Kerr leads the league in coaches uh, technicals. Mm-hmm. So interesting that he's trying to like keep his guys calm yet. He's finding ways to, and maybe, it, maybe it's his whole ploy to say, look, let me get the technicals and you guys just play the game. Yeah. 
I think I think it's calculated with uh, Steve. Yeah, Kerr's a smart guy. He's been you know he's been a player at the f- highest level. He's he's won championships as a player and as a coach. Um, so it'll be interesting. Um, guys, what what did you see on college basketball? What what a, what a day yesterday! We had some amazing hoops really this whole week um, with the Buckeyes winning on a tip in at Purdue. Uh, a little fun fact here: living in Columbus, Ohio, the Buckeyes, the Big Ten has had three teams start twelve and zero in the last forty five years. Mm. Ohio State has been the their their loss to stop the streak. Indiana in 1973, Illinois in I think it was 99. Oh yeah, when they went to the uh, championship game and lost to Carolina, and then I and then this week against Purdue. Um, now Purdue is the first of those three teams to lose another game. Uh, they lost yesterday to Michigan State, who I'm going to guess is going to elevate to number one because Villanova lost. Virginia was primed and ready playing at home against the rival Virginia Tech, and they lost at home. Uh, and then also uh, Purdue lost two this week. So it looks like Michigan State will probably elevate up to number one. Um, what, what did anything in college basketball you saw? Todd, our Gators had a big victory uh, over South Carolina. Yes, they, uh, they look great. Um, South Carolina, God, was that a Final Four team? Recently, <laughs> they, they they were the, the the school was in the final four. The, the, the team I think is very different. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> the main thing that caught my eye, and I posted this on on Twitter yesterday. Did you see the Louisiana Tech Charlotte? Oh, um, that was horrible. The, that was that was horrible. Check, why, check why, why do you fill fill Bill in? Because he might not have seen it. Yeah, I didn't. Go ahead, tell me about it. So basically. Um, this kid from Louisiana Tech, number nine, I forget his name, um, but he had he, he got kicked out of the game for technical fouls. And, and there has to be history with either him or the referees because literally one time he dunked. No, he blocked. First of all, he, he, blocked the, he blocked the guy's shot, I think. Was the first yeah, he blocked a shot, right? And right. they called the tech on him. Right. They call it foul. Yeah, they zoom. They call foul. They zoom in. He's not talking smack. He's not clowning around. Nothing. And then he dunked and just looked at the guy and then ran. And he called the guy from the ref was like fifty feet away and he called the tech. So he got kicked oh. out of the game. And you just have to see it. And the sad part about it is, is yeah, you have to keep control of the game. But these were two very benign incidences. Um, incidents. What, what's the word I'm looking for? Two benign circuit uh, situations plays, and it's just you gotta have a little fun. Even if he was kind of smiling or hooping, hollering, I mean, he just he blocked a shot and dunked over someone. Um, it was really, it was bad. It was awful. I think I just captioned that. I just said awful. That's, you know. Well, I give the I give the kid credit because when he got called for the second technical, he kind of yeah. he, he kind of went like, "What are you talking about?" And then he he realized there was there's nothing he could do, so he just ran off the floor into the in the locker room, and he was just beside himself. Um, it was when you see the first block, he didn't, he didn't like get in the guy's face. He didn't stick his chest out. He, he he blocked the shot and they called a foul. And so he kind of just went like, damn, like that. And the, and the guy teed him up and he didn't even tee him up. He walked to the scorer's bench. He called the foul and then he said, and a technical foul. And the the guy was like, wait, for what, for what? Then later in the game, he, he kind of steps in front of a pass, goes down and, and the guy who he stole it from. When he dunked it, the guy tried to block the shot, and then he kind of fell off to the side. And so when the guy dunked it, he looked at the guy saying, like, ha, you didn't get me. And then he ran back down the floor. And the guy, the referee that was, what, Todd, like 50 feet behind the play, wow. yeah. just points at him and tees him up and kicks him out. It was just – it was a strange – I tell you it, what, if I was 
Did you hear the play by play? Uh, they were they were kind of baffled, right? Yeah, and, and they, I, I liked what the color guy said. He said, "One of these days, these refs are going to realize no one came to see him." Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> they, 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 no one came to see him, and they're making it about them. And it was, um, you know, they, they, the 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 color guy had the guys back. He was like, "This is ridiculous," you know. Have fun, right? We're supposed to be have fun. If I was a Louisiana Tech coach, I I would have you would have had to give me two technicals and and run me out. I mean, I know, I know he doesn't want to give up the free throws and the points, but they were up by 20. It at some a- point you've got to stand up for your players. And just to my, that's the only thing I would have done differently if I was that, that coach. But, um, who knows? So yeah, that was awful. Awful. So yeah, Duke, I know Duke uh, was putting a hurting on Georgia tech today. Locally. They, yeah. They, they got, lost, they, they lost, to, uh, they lost to, um, to Carolina in, in what I think is one of the best games to watch uh, in college basketball. It's a fun one. I know Bill, you, you're a dookie, so but it's a fun game to watch. Whether yeah. it's at you know in Cameron or or uh, the Dean Dome, it's just a fun game to watch. There's always ebbs and flows. Um, you know, there's no love lost between Grayson Allen and any team he plays against. Oh. Um, you know, Marvin Bagley is an impressive impressive kid. Um, unfortunately, he was, out, he was out for today's game, but they're still handling Georgia Tech no problem. <laughs> Strained yeah. in the knee, but just a little bit. They say he'll be back this week. Okay. Um, you know, so, so some other teams that, you know, Oklahoma, who was up at number four in the country, they've, they've fallen now quite a, quite a bit. They're down going to probably fall into the 20 to 25 category in the top 25. I think uh, didn't Iowa state beat them? Iowa state beat them. Yep. Yeah. So there's uh, Iowa state on football and basketball having a great time, right? Wow. Uh, Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma state won at West Virginia and West Virginia goes this week to Kansas. Mm. Kansas is a team who, you know, once again, they kind of sneak around the chicken coop, but they've lost five games this year, which yeah. is just um, kind of unheard of. So uh, Kentucky loses again last night um, at Texas A&M. They are now, I believe, five games out of first place in the SEC race. Auburn, uh, you know, kind of a two-game lead in that. Florida's going to look back and really look at some of their games they lost to Georgia and to South Carolina at home um, and, and really think back about those. Um, they've got a – They've got to finish strong to put themselves in good position for the tournament. You know, we're only a couple of weeks away from from um, conference tournaments. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't know if Arizona won last night. They were in late game. Uh, they played uh, Arizona, USC, I believe. Arizona State beat both uh, LA teams this week, so okay. they got to seven and six in conference. Um, I think they're like a game out of second in the conference. You know, U of A is like ten and three, and going to probably run. You know, win the conference but the tournament play will be fun i think arizona state maybe is finding um finding themselves amongst the pac-12 we'll see but uh you know after going 12 and 0 they're now seven and six in conference league. so like you said hanging around that uh, eight nine ten line right yep. where they uh, ended up shout out to my my hometown buckeyes they um under chris holtman their their new coach uh they are in the lead in the big 10 right now mm. um although they played their last home game yesterday um here it is february what was it? February tenth yesterday, and they played their last home game. They have wow. road games now against Penn State, against um, Michigan, and against Indiana. Um, so if they can somehow find a way to win those games, Kata Bates Diop has been a, a really solid, solid Who? player. Kata Bates Diop, exactly, Todd. Um, <laughs> they are getting a lot. He's getting a lot of run for uh, potential Player of the Year if he can somehow find a way to lead this team to the Big Ten Championship. Um, you know, him and a bunch of, you know. Other people, once again, Marvin Bagley is going to get some some credit. Trey Trey Young in Oklahoma. Um, there's been no dominant one player. You know, there's been one. Kentucky clearly is a team of of good athletes, but I don't think any of those kids are going pro. 
Uh, if they do, they're, they're getting bad advice. Uh, I could see that team coming back and gelling under Calipari for another year, but I, I think the, the days of Cal just rolling five freshmen on the floor and making it to the Final Four is, is you know, it's going to be a struggle. Right. Especially the, the one and done, you know, with Duke now getting in the one and done and Kansas getting in the one and done and all the other schools. It's just a, it's a interesting, you know, now, now Duke has the number one, two and three players coming in next year. So let's see what happens. And if I think it's, I think it's a given Bagley's gone and we know that uh, Grayson Allen's gone. So they'll insert some other white kid that the, the nation will hate um, <laughs> back there in the, in the, in the, in the uh, <laughs> On the starting five, right? I mean, there's a there's a long line of from 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 Christian Leitner to Cherokee Parks to Wojciechowski, <laughs> Hurley, Hurley. Uh, there's you know that's, that's at Sean Carp. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, hey, just to give you you know to round out the the college basketball session, uh, the University of South Florida women destroyed uh, Ohio State today. They did. They, they did. Ohio State's yeah. top ten team. Yeah, so they they were uh, talking that up locally. That was uh, fun wow. fun to watch the highlights. So, so Bill, before we talk about um, the Pebble Beach AT and T Pro Am, why don't you give us a little breakdown on your round of golf today with our buddy Anthony Malafronte? As you as you as you've been doing to tor- sort of tease Todd and I in our cold weather climbs. Tell us about your your round of golf and was there any money exchanged? Oh, I played like crap. Let's talk about it. <clears throat> so I shot. Uh, it was a mid eighties round, Sean. I'm finding that, uh, and Todd, that that's my new normal. Yeah. I'm also playing a very difficult course. I, I, I heard, you know, I don't think, Sean, you haven't played, you haven't played West Chase yet. But no. for me, it is um, incredibly difficult in that if you're just off a little bit, it's a, it's a jungle. I, I saw your, I saw your I live, Instagram picture. I live in the tropics, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, um, um, it's tough. And so I had, I had a rough day today, but I had a nice finish the last six holes strong to um, move my number to where it needed to be in our Stableford system uh, that I didn't get penalized too much. And, and Anthony had a rough day today too. So it's, it's just a tough track. Um, I don't know what to tell you. West Chase, look it up. And I did see uh, two gators today. So that felt good. One was a baby gator, 18 inches long. And the other was a 10-foot monster. I didn't go near because I'm getting yelled at by my family. They think I'm going too close to the gators. I tried to explain to them that's a zoom lens on the camera, that I'm really not that close. But um, And, and, and I, talking about wildlife, I saw a snapping turtle. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we got close to it, but they told me don't get too close because they're mean. They are. Yep. I saw two bald eagles <laughs> soaring overhead, and wow. I saw three pelicans diving in a lake, a freshwater lake. i never seen pelicans anywhere but it the golf so yeah it's it's really cool out here that's awesome <laughs> that's, that's my golf day Todd, so Todd, admit, it, admit it when bill said baby gator what'd you think uh, joe's deli yeah joe's deli yeah <laughs> that was our, our sandwiches uh, there's a nice. gator tail and baby gator there's a gator uh, tail and a baby gator nice so bill when you say when you say um snapping turtle yeah you once in your life you try to rescue a snapping turtle that's crossing uh, uh and then you, you know a street, and then and you, you walk up to him. Then you say, "F it, they're on their own." You walk up to him and you go to grab, and he, he turns to you and hisses. Um, and you realize after you do a little research or done that, they can take your, uh, you know, digits off of awesome. your hands. Yeah. yeah somebody awesome. said they said they said first of all the neck's way longer than you think. It'll get yep. way the hell out of that shell, and then yeah. their feet are going crazy when you try and pick them up because they're doing everything they can to make you let go. And I, I just looked at him and he tucked in his shell and thought, Oh, he's kind of cute. And they're like uh, snapping turtle bill, get out of there. 
Yeah. Okay, that's a tail run. Do I'm not exactly. turn on the tail, right? I'm, I'm waiting for my first uh, cotton mouth or water moccasin. That's When's that going to happen? So. Yeah. That, box that, box turtle good, snapping turtle bad. Okay, you, yeah. remember. It. Yeah, okay. Bill, the, the cotton mouse, the water moccasins. You don't even want to mess with those. Oh. It, and and you'll when you'll be looking for that ball, and you and you'll swear from the tee it didn't go in the water. So you're down there around the reeds, yeah, kind of like with your with your club looking for it. Yeah, and all of a sudden you push one reed back, and you see that's head, and you, uh, oh. yeah. So when I used to work at the course in uh, Ponte Vedra. Um, it gave us the job of, of weed eating around the lakes and we would oh. vroom, vroom, and sometimes you'd go to the left and you'd see it sitting there and you had no reaction, but to go back across it with a weed whacker and, and kill it because it was going to either jump at you or it was going to shoot into the water. And oh. usually they'd shoot in the water if you, if it heard you coming, but if, it, if it was right there looking at you, um, you don't take a second chance. Now but they always hang around the reeds, right? Is that where, is mostly that around the reeds? Yeah. Mostly? yeah. Right. Because then, because they will, you know, they'll, they'll sometimes get the uh, smaller birds that will come down uh, mm-hmm. and, and feed for the, the, the insects. Yeah. Um, or, you know, and so it was, um, you know, they, they're not like a boa constrictor. They're going to get a big heron, but they would get the little tiny uh, turns and stuff like that. Wow. Um, yeah, Which course so, did you work at at Ponte Vedra, Sean? Uh, the, the Ponte Vedra country club, the ocean and the, and the lagoon course. And you were a greenskeeper? Yeah, that one summer I, you know, that was this my, my freshman year summer with your grandma. Yeah, my my, my pop uh, was a member there, but it's a funny story, a little stare down side bet. Um, you know, I came home my freshman year of college uh, after living in Gainesville and you know not having a curfew. Mm. So uh, let's just say I came home to Jot and Claire's house and I felt like I didn't have to have a curfew. I was a smart college kid, and so <laughs> about two weeks into coming home at two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, going down to Ohio State campus to the bars and hanging out with my buddies. I, I got to talk from my dad, you know, as long as you live under this house, you live under our rules. And so I said, well, then I'll just go live with pop. And my dad said, no problem. Knowing that his dad wasn't going to make it any easier. So when, I got, when I got down there, my pop was like, all right, well, if you're going to live here, you're going to get your job at the country club. So you'll have to be up at four 30 in the morning. We'll get, you'll get picked up. To, and I'm like four 30 in the morning. And he's so he, he got me a job at the country club working on the greens committee, greens crew. And um, it was great. It was a great summer. Cause I, I would play and I would go out and, play after i got done playing but then i'd be so dog, dog tired i wouldn't want to go out and drink it all so <laughs> I, was, uh, I, I was gonna ask you uh i was a greenskeeper for a couple yeah, months and, uh, Lexington. Lexington. and uh, the champions golf club um bunker duty that they hand raked every bunker mm-hmm. and on three there was a bunker the size of a half a football field that went down <laughs> the left side so literally when you had bunker duty you're just like oh my gosh so uh, and to piggyback on what Sean said, Sean, do you remember, and Bill, please uh, stop us uh, if, if we go too far. <laughs> so I went to Gain- University of Florida. My parents lived in Gainesville my freshman and sophomore year. Yep. And so it's you know Christmas break, winter break, whatever you want to call it. And so I go you know, just down the road to my parents' house. I get a call about December 26th, and it's from Sean. And he goes, man, I'm just, I can't stay here anymore. The, the weather stinks. I just don't want to be home. So he actually came and you stayed a couple nights at my parents' house. And we watched, do you remember Cleveland Browns were on Monday Night Football and Clay Matthews, the original Clay Matthews, uh, it's a famous play where he intercepted the ball and then tried to like lateral to the teammate and gave it up. Sean, do you remember that? Yep, I do. And I believe they were playing Houston because he was playing yep. his brother. Uh, they were playing the Oilers. And they yes. were uh, what was his brother's name? Uh, Clay Matthews. Um, Clay was the Brown. I forget who his uh, uh, brother um, was. Yeah. Uh, 
I think it Dave Bruce Matthews. Matthews. Bruce Matthews. <laughs> no, Dave. Dave Matthews. Yeah, Bruce <laughs> Matthews was his brother. Uh, right. I yeah. see you. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I could vouch for uh, Sean didn't like to, I guess, live in her mom and pop's rules uh, <laughs> when, he, when he was about 21, 22. That's what I'm yeah, guessing. I'd huh. give anything. I'd give anything to live on a Jot's roof one more time, right? Isn't it crazy yeah. how it works, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, hey, guys, it's been a fun week. Uh, let's. Oh, we were going to talk about Pebble Beach today. Yeah, um, yeah. Boy, that that tournament. Um, DJ, I think, had a good chance. Ted Potter, uh, kid out of Ocala. Yeah, uh, well <laughs> respected. Uh, how old? Kind of a self. How old is Ted Potter? What do you think? I'll, I'll look it up. I'll no, look no, it I up. Know, I know. I know the answer. Oh, I, I know. Your, I want your guess. Thirty-four. Oh. Actually, I heard he was born in eighty-three. He's thirty-four. So You're right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. 34. Okay. Yeah. That was just a guess, but I just, just looking at him and, yeah. uh, but you know, well-respected kid on the yeah. tour. Um, I think a lot, all the players like him, uh, kind of a self-taught swing, you know, that Peter Costas and, and, and the guys were trying to break it apart. Uh, very compact follow through, yep. Yep. uh, keeps his arms in really close to his body, but doesn't get it. That means the ball's not, the ball's not spraying around. He's yeah. It wasn't spraying the ball anywhere, you no. know, it was, and whereas you'd watch DJ really lash out yeah. at it yeah. and was bringing the ball huge left to right or right to left yeah. on some of those holes. Um, but boy, Pebble beach. Have you played it, Bill? Four times. Okay. I played it yeah. once. It's, and you saw it today, especially like on hole 11, mm. 12, you miss a shot by like four inches and you're in a completely bad part. Like, on 11 where they were just, just going past the flag and they had that straight downhill shot yep, where they just, possible. you know, I mean, at 12, you know, they both bailed out left. Um, but you know, and it's such a grainy, um, you know, putting downhill down grain. Yeah. It's, it's a 12 on a stint meter and putting back into the grain. It's like a seven. Right. And then you, you, had, you had, you had the Poana that's blossoming throughout the day and it's right. bumpy and it, it's uh, always um, footprinted up a lot, you know, cause I played in the afternoon there just because it's just, it's so moist, you know, and it's, uh, but so, Bill, you know, playing Bermuda now, but when you play bent greens, like, like they play oh. in Augusta and you get 13 on the stint meter, it's 13 in all directions. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. certainly it's downhill true. it's faster, true. but, 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 but grain, there's not grain. a lot of grain. Yeah. But whereas when you play on Bermuda, when you play out West on that Poana, it's, it's, when, when the you, grain when you, is huge. You hear, you hear a putt going into the grain. It makes a noise that's different than a down grain putt. You know, as soon as you hit it, you go, "Oh no, you know, I, I didn't hit it enough," or yeah. whatever it is. And it's supposed to be to the southwest. You know, you can kind of either that or kind of the way the water drains. But um, it's still, it's it's hard to, you know, to especially at our level, it's difficult to play. Uh, it's amazing to watch the pros have the same issues, though, right? Yeah, and boy, Spieth was. I mean, his his putts were rolling so good, but he was missing by literally, you know, that half inch on either yeah. side of the hole today, and, and you could just tell. For someone of his caliber, it was it was eating him up. He he yeah. was so frustrated. Yeah, I so one thing I it becomes more and more apparent as I get older, and we watch all the uh, great young talent that's come up. You know, because you, you talk about Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson, and now Justin Thomas, all these guys, um, but they're not even in the same z- state or country, let alone zip code of what Tiger did from 97 to 2008 it's 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 amazing right i think right. we just kind of take for granted because tigers disappeared for 10 years literally 10 years he's won five or six events in 10 years maybe maybe 10 events mm-hmm. um, which is a hell of a career for a lot most players but all these guys they rise up jordan had that amazing year two two three years ago where he won two majors 
but they can't sustain any of it. None of them can. What, what does that, what does that say? I think because Tiger was Tiger was, well, I think it's a combination. I think it's how great Tiger was, um, which he absolutely dominated, but he inspired so many of the young golfers today that I think the talent might be on the top heavy a little better. I mean, you had Tiger and Phil, a lot of great players, Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I mean, Ernie Els was running around. who had won a lot of tournaments. You're right. Duvall David was Duvall for a minute. Yeah, he was yeah, good. But you're right. I think, Phil, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I think um, they're, the, the talent pool is deeper right now. Yes. There's a lot of really good players. And yeah, but the, but the problem is, you know, that only one guy can win each week. Yep. You know, now well, you have the European tour. Same, and you have the, same case with Tiger, but back in yeah. night, in year 2000, you take Tiger against the field every tournament. Yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah. You, you, know, field, you, don't, you don't take Jordan against the field right now, right? No. 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 He no. sure looked like it up until, was it 12 on uh, that Master Sunday? Um, oh, boy. 12. I mean, but at that point, was that the closest we thought maybe we were coming to uh, having yeah, someone? That triple on 12, that was a nightmare. Yeah, and if you but, think about it, at, you know, Rory, Rory until he snap hooked it on 10 on, you know, Augusta, he was, he was dominating. And then, and then the next year he went out and he won the U.S. Open by, what, 16 or – eight strokes yeah congressional and then he won the pga at, at kiowa um but then that's it you know they have they have these runs where they're in there before 25 um and then it's like whoa let's keep it going you know what's what's happening here so yeah. you're right I heard it. go ahead bill i'm sorry no i i just think it's a uh, it's it's a lot of these people have this great rush but they and they had their they can be brilliant for let's call it 24 months but that's kind of the limit. We don't see it go beyond that. Yeah, nothing like Tiger for sure. No. Um, well, and here's here's a great question. So let me ask you guys: Who won the Masters last year? Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, uh, Sergio. Uh, yep. Oh, there who, won, who won the U.S. Open? Uh, didn't didn't Rose win one of those? Nope. Who won the U.S. Did Open? Day? No. Day? Did, who won the U.S. Open? I don't know. Oh, I did. Brooks Kepka. 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 Where's he gone, by the way? Who won the British? Who won the British? Wasn't that Rose? Or am I missing? Am I not remembering correctly? I guess not. Why do you know this, Sean? Are you looking at it? I, I just no. I, th- I thought of it today, but it took me a while. It oh, took me almost gosh. as long. As he didn't prep He he beat Kucher with an amazing shot off the driving range. Oh, Spieth. Spieth. Yeah. Oh. Remember he had that twenty-minute shot. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and the PGA was who? uh that was no idea justin thomas oh, big win at, at quail hollow right that is so, isn't that funny how like yeah. like before it would have been default to tiger or or you know and it's just yeah. because there's you, so you, many good players there's no one beat, that's re- you, you knew who beat tiger if it wasn't tiger right exactly <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah but it just you know my point wasn't to embarrass you guys it was just no, i thought about I'm today and i thought like you know gosh in one year you know, yeah. but but if, if if I went through all the major sports and said like who won the national ba- championship right. in basketball that's, last year, you're like uh, it was Duke. Like, no, it was a uh, oh yeah, it's Carolina over Gonzaga. Yeah. You know, it's just the recency effect yeah. takes takes place, and and it was you know look at all four of those majors individually. We talked about them on the, on the stare down. Yeah, but nothing is like epic that we remember. Like oh that was you know that was when Tiger you know won at Torrey on his on his broken leg. You know. Yeah. Beat Bob May in the playoff at the uh, PGA at Valhalla, right? Or, I mean, that or, was, Rocco, or Rocco Mediate, yeah, that was, right, right. So interesting. So now we go down to um, Riviera, uh, down in, in LA, right? LA, and then we start the Florida. And then I think there's one more. I believe the match play. 
And then we have to hit so the Florida swing. Mexico, isn't that the Mexico tournament? I believe, on? yeah, it used to be in Tucson. Yeah. Now, now it goes down to Mexico. And then they'll um, be here. They'll be here at the Valspar, March fifth. Uh, is this? Yeah, so the seventh through the eleventh. Yeah, so we're coming up on great. on Masters Sunday. We'll be here before we know it, guys. And that's yeah. when that's when we have a great stare down. Uh, we'll, we'll wait till the putt drops and uh, on, on on eight. You know, it's just that's such a cool time. You know, the weather's changing across the country. Uh, we're we're out on the the rain. The, the range and just really enjoying um, spring. And that's when the, you know, think about that master's week. Once again, we talk about it all the time, but the April final 5th. four, you know, you got the final four. You got, that Monday. Yeah. Yeah. The championship game that Monday. Yep. Yep. Hey, real so, quick. Don't, don't take long. Take two seconds to answer. How long has DJ been, been a, around as a pro? Quick. 10 years, seven years. I, see, I thought more like Bill. I saw an amazing stat today, and that's why I brought it up. He's won at least one every year for the last 11 years. And that's I couldn't believe it. Yeah, he's won a, a tournament once, at least one tournament a year for the last 11 years. Or three of them junior events? <laughs> <laughs> I, see, but I'm with you. Like, I, I was like five, six, seven years when I heard 11. I was like, wow. wow. So I, I think it's a product of us getting older um, and some cobwebs in the break, but unbelievable. <laughs> and um, That's a great stat. Isn't that a cool stat? And yeah. then what is it? And I'll, and I'll let, I'll turn it back over to you, Sean, but what is it? 14 is a par five. I think 14 and 18. 14 is the dog leg par five. Yeah. yeah. It's huge uphill. The green is so far above the fairway. It's unbelievable. They, that new green is awesome. Right. Because that old green on 14 was a nightmare. Yeah. And it just yeah. sloped off and you couldn't, they, couldn't they hold made, anything. No, you could, you, the pin can only go on the left side. There was no pin on the right. So yeah. now they've got uh, multiple pin placements and they, they changed not only that, but there's another one they changed. Uh, they had the same kind of an issue. Oh, I'm not thinking of it, but, uh, well, 13, they added a back pin placement on the oh, right. That's it. 13, 13, yeah. they kind of gave you a, they get a plateau up there that wasn't there. Right. Before. Yeah. Cause right. it always had to be kind of down on the left. <clears throat> so which, how, about, how, about, how about Jason days five today on 18? Oh, that was great. Five. Honestly. I thought he was in the water. Unbelievable. Driver, driver. He hits yeah. it down on the rocks. He yeah. hits it over the green into the bunker. Up and down to the bunker. What? 25 yards past the flag and then, and then drains it for par. Yeah, Kim, Day, DJ, and Phil all tied for second, along with uh, Rez, um, what's his name, Reeves? Chez uh, Reeves. Yeah. Chez Reeves. Um, but going back to 14, uh, DJ actually had to lay up on his second shot. And he ended up parring. And afterwards, um, one of the announcers, I, f- I forget, say, do you think uh, DJ's having second guessing his decision to lay up? And it had the best quote about, and he goes, I don't think Dustin second guesses anything in his, <laughs> he is like, he is just so, I don't know if it's living in the moment, Sean. I don't know if he's, uh, yeah, he's meditating in a headspace. I don't know if he doesn't care, but I've never, his persona, that was the true statement I've ever heard. I don't yeah. think for one second, I think he just said, lay up onto the next shot. I don't think. Yeah. yeah and you know, he, he up very much. Very they often. were the, they were the leaders and they were a threesome because Wayne Gretzky, his partner in the program had to drop out. Um, so they were waiting on every shot. Yeah. Um, you know, you're playing with, with a, a leader who doesn't win a lot, um, who, who was clearly grinding on, you know, every shot mate and really played a really great round of his, golf. His tee shot on 17 after sitting there for like 15 minutes was <laughs> right. amazing. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's, that's a difficult shot. And he hit that little tight draw right in there to what, 50, 20 feet and had a harm, you know, an, a, just an easy par. That was great. Yeah. So, well, and Bill, you know that from that tee box, oh. that green is like a, 
like a figure eight kind of, yeah. but all you can see is the flag. Yeah. Like you can see the front corner of the green, Yeah. but you can't see that back left corner of the green because the way the bunker splashes up yeah. and then all you see behind it's ocean. You aim um, at the, you aimed at the front right corner like I did, right? <laughs> Why are you even thinking about carrying uh, yeah, the bunker? <laughs> I just aimed at the, at the wooden fence on 18 T box, <laughs> exactly. um, you know, and just tried to hopefully hit a high draw in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I believe I hit, you know, a, probably a hybrid or, a, a, you know, a five wood or something like that at the time. Yeah. Especially if um, usually that's into the wind too. So, but you know, it's kind of cool because you, when you leave 11 T box, um, even though you can see it from 13, uh, you kind of lose sight of the water once you leave 11 T box, you know, right. 11 t- brings you up the hill yep. and it really is pretty, pretty severely uphill. Then 12, 13, 14, you completely go away. 15 and 16, you're hidden. And then you get yep. to 17 T box and you can see it again. And that, that glorious walk down 18, yeah. Um, and did you see how far, you see how far back Potter left his tee shot? Oh um, yeah. He, he was, he was 50 yards behind the tree and, and DJ was 20 yards past the tree. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, he, he played it perfectly. I mean, uh, he know, did. I mean, yeah. n- nice walk to the 18th tee with a three stroke lead. Right. Yeah. And then, a, a easy approach and a routine little two putt for par. And, uh, that's a great win for him. It's awesome. I mean, what a consistent performance too. He bogey bogeyed 17, 18 yesterday, three putted one, uh, today and then from then on, I mean, what a just absolute, almost yeah. robotic performance, right? I mean, yeah. nerves never got him at all. Um, yeah. It was it was it was fun to watch. Maybe yeah. There's probably, probably something to be said about not having a not having having the lot of the crowd having to look in their program to see what the guy's name is playing with DJ, right? <laughs> hey, what were you doing in two thousand, Sean? <laughs> in two thousand, yeah. Um, let's see, I would have been uh, in here in Columbus in real estate. Okay. Uh, actually, uh, this Saturday would have been the, the, the day my dad died. So, um, mm. so I, yeah, I'm not sure. Just uh, selling real estate as an uh, individual agent. Wow, Todd, what's up? Todd, what would you be doing in 2000? So um, I was uh, living in Orlando, moving to Atlanta the summer of 2000. So I was, I was in transition, um, 30 years old. I, I just watched the uh, – Gold medal ceremony for Red Gerard, the uh, half pike, or the sorry, the the slope style snowboarder. Mm-hmm. He was born in two thousand. Oh boy! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Sean, one one last golf tidbit. Um, you know what they call Gretzky and DJ um, at uh, Gretzky's home course when they golf together? They call Man. they call them they call them one hundred. Why do you think they call them that? 99 and number one. <laughs> yeah. 99 and number one in the world. Wow. So wow. I heard that too, but I thought it was pretty funny. So that's good. You know what, what think about that. The, for a fleeting moment, he's number one in the world and Gretzky is the greatest player to ever play the game of yeah. hockey, you know, like that's number cool. one forever and number one currently. You know? And Bill's most important. He's married to Paulina. So. <laughs> My, I get thrown under the bus for that. I'm the one tweeting. Hey, you're you're a red blooded American boy. It's all good. Well, where were you in in 2000? What was I doing in 2000? I was uh, in Phoenix. I'd been there for about four months, just getting started in a new career with a Chicago title. So nice. a, a fidelity family, uh, you know, um, company, and so I was just getting rolling. It's cool. Nice. Yeah. All right, boys. Uh, Todd, anything happen in the in the EPL front? We need to. Touch base on? Oh, huge. Uh, go ahead. F- FA Cup upset or something? No, just um, the relegation uh, uh, race is, is fun. Um, three teams won. Huddersfield, Newcastle beat Manchester United, Bill. 
Damn it. Um, and um, Southampton lost. So big shifting in the in the relegation race, which was kind of fun to watch. But uh, other than that, uh, they got what about ten more matches uh, to the end of the season. Manchester City, it's theirs to lose. Um, so again, it's more fun watching the relegation zone for sure. Nice. Cool. All right, let's let's talk about the week ahead, boys. What do we got? We are heading into the uh, what's this? Is coming up the seventh week of the year. Uh, Bill or Todd, let's start with you. What do you got coming up in it? The doors and hardware business, or doors what's going on with Todd and and uh, and Kate? <laughs> um, uh, or Scott, sales, and Kate. Scott and Kate. Yeah, sales meeting, sales meeting, sales meeting. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, nothing but. Sales meeting. So hate to be out of the field, um, not pressing flesh or, uh, you know. Trying to- is this like look at new product sales meetings or is this like uh, talk about uh, quotas? What is this? This is um, who, who all could be listening to this. Uh, a lot of- <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow, uh, tomorrow is prep for Tuesday, which is internal sales meeting. What are our goals alignment? Where, uh, where are you at? Numbers, forecasting. Um, top accounts, what, what can we do better, what can we do worse? And then Wednesday is training on SalesPoint, which is um, similar to Salesforce. So that's more of a corporate America uh, uh, initiative. So Monday's prep, Tuesday is the local team. Wednesday is a more of a corporate event. Thursday and Friday, um, we'll be trying to catch up and uh, and seeing people and, and closing some sales. So Good, busy man. week necessary just not always ideal as i'm sure you guys right know. right make so, it happen make yep. it happen that's it you need the back of the house make the front of the house look good right hey that's it i mean it's <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the type of guy who wants to wake up and get it done but uh there, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes a lot of numbers to report up a lot of people whose jobs depend on that so it's it's a necessary evil i'm just a foot soldier and just want to go out and shoot something and drag it home but uh, <laughs> nice you know how that goes so <laughs> nice Bill, great episode last week with our good friend, Kim Calaprede, one of our Seattle divas. Um, I know you got a couple good ones coming up. Why don't, you, why don't you preview us what's coming up on the Real Estate Sessions, the best podcast in real estate. Oh, I like that. Uh, so this week, we're, we're one of the uh, MN ambassadors from New York, Brian Hopper, who is, uh, I, first of all, a little older than I thought. He's 41 years old. Did you? Wow, I would not have guessed that. No, not I guess that. Have, yeah. Was a, a semi-professional, we'll call it professional skier um, back wow. in the day, back in uh, at uh, Crystal Mountain in in Seattle, the Seattle area, and a firefighter as well who uh, got into real estate, and now he's uh, he runs a team at a Sotheby's operation in in Seattle. So really good episode. I'm excited for that. I spend the three days. I, I, Bill, I, sorry to interrupt. I, I would have guessed he was younger because of his enthusiasm at Inman. He seemed really excited to meet people, yep. and and he was. You know, I always say the best salespeople are the best question askers. And my whole conversation, he just kept asking questions to me. That's awesome. Um, and a lot of times I would answer and then bump it back to him with a question, uh, which is a sales technique that we, I've learned over the years. But, you know, answer a question with a question. But yeah. he did a great job. In it. But his enthusiasm and his, his willingness to learn <laughs> and, and meet new people I thought was really cool. So to hear he's 41 um, is a nice layer on that story that I'm looking forward to hearing the podcast. Yeah, he uh, just a great guy. He he was also super complimentary about the podcast, which uh, felt really really good. I you know it was one of the best closings ever for me because you know uh, at that point, what do you say except except thank you? Uh, mm-hmm. So that was really interesting. Um, this week, I'm 
I, I, I'm jammed with appointments the entire week. I'm in Lee County, uh, Naples, Estero, Bonita Springs, Fort Myers, Cape Coral, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Nice. Uh, so I stay down there for the, for a bunch of meetings with people. And, and I'm, I'm re- I think I mentioned earlier before we, we recorded, just in case uh, this, this will tie in nicely with my guest in a week from now, but I'm rededicating myself to using contactually to really help me uh, stay in touch with people to keep those relationships strong. Contactually, if you're listening, is is a very cool CRM that's not just for real estate anymore. I don't know if you knew that, Sean, but yeah. a lot of attorneys on there, um, a lot of uh, speakers. Okay? I don't know. You're using that for that. I'm sure for that, just that reason, right? To yeah. stay in touch with people you know around the country that you've made relationships. Yeah, it just for me, it just you know, you know, the old cliche: the best CRM is the one you use. Mm. Um, but just for me, it really uh, it's got kind of a gamification uh, with kind of a scorecard in the top right hand corner when you log in. Uh, you know, the goal is to have a 4.0, which means yeah. you're up to date on all your contacts. But for me, it just, it, it kind of thinks the way I think it. I like contactually because if I want to, if, if, if Todd Meininger's name comes up and I haven't talked to Todd in a couple of weeks, um, instead of just trying to guess what Todd's been up to, I can toggle over to the right hand side, look at his Facebook feed, look at his Twitter feed. I can, Oh, I see it just took his kids to Disney or he just went to the Anna Marie Island with, with his, his, his girlfriend kind of gives me some things to lead in on a conversation with or to follow up with or to, or to touch base with a, an email or a, a tweet or a, a, message, a message or a book. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a cool tool. And I'm going to use that for the uh, um, relationships we're building, you know, yeah. with, uh, with, with agents that we want to work with. So, and you know, Bill, I think from an instructor standpoint, it only shows the level of credibility that when you know about these agents before you get to meet them and they're like, gosh, this is a guy that I've only met once and he knew all this about me. Yeah. Imagine if I could copy what Bill does with my customers and clients in Bonita Springs or, you know, uh, St. Pete or, or Clearwater, right. uh, how much more impactful. And so it does lead well. Yeah. So excited about that. And, uh, and then this coming weekend, we'll have to talk about this a little bit, uh, offline as well, but, uh, Cindy and I are headed to Washington DC for the weekend to visit Kevin. Oh, very so, cool. Uh, we're excited. We fly up Saturday. Uh, he's got a whole itinerary planned. We fly back Monday night. So just a quick President's Day weekend trip to the nation's capital. So, going to see some sights? You're gonna, you're gonna... We are. Um, <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> Kevin still hasn't forgiven me. When he was 12 years old, I kind of screwed up the timing of a Mount Vernon trip, and we got there with 15 minutes before they closed. So we never left the gift shop. We couldn't go see the grounds at Mount Vernon. Uh. So he, we are doing that on. Well, if that's uh, the worst thing you've ever done, Bill. You're, you're good <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one that he definitely uh, remembers. Um, so we're going <laughs> to do that, and that'll be a, that'll be a blast. And so and it's always good meals. He uh, he picks out some great restaurants that will look good. good. Yeah. So that's our that's our week. How about you? That'll be fun. Well, hey, I head to um, Eastern Pennsylvania. I fly out tomorrow morning to Philadelphia, the home of the Super Bowl Fifty Two champion Eagles. Um, get a chance to spend some time with my coal banker, uh, Pennsylvania friends for an event in Pittsburgh on Tuesday. Then I drive over to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, do an event for them on Wednesday, then fly back. And the next week it's, um, it's, I'll finish out the week with, um, some local, uh, activities, some clients I'm working with and, um, hopefully putting some, some things in contract, getting the house listed. And, uh, and then next week we, we started all over again. So we'll talk next week guys. And, on the stare down and, and see what's going on in the world of sports. We'll probably have a little more clarification on college basketball. Who's going to be the favorites. Who's going to be the one lines. We're going to start hearing a lot of bracketology over the next few weeks yeah. uh, as teams start to kind of position themselves and we'll have a better feel for what's happening in the uh, NHL and the NBA. So until next week on behalf of Bill and Todd, I'm Sean Carpenter. And thanks for listening to the stare down.